Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg podcast. On behalf of uh, me and Alexa here in the studio, Happy New Year. Here we are, 2021, kicking off the show just after the holiday, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fat uh, did- and happy. I will say that. <laughs> Fat and happy, uh, no headaches today, a few days after? What? Nope. No? no. Feeling okay. good, feeling fine, but, feeling wonderful. You know nice. what? Yeah. I sent you this earlier before today's show. I should have gotten in on this because I've been using Pedialyte you did. <laughs> for New Year's Eve since yeah. I don't even know when. People you don't always even thought have I was kids, crazy. Kristen. Exactly. You know all about Pedialyte. College yeah. taught me the yeah. way. I mean, it was just a common sense thing. Oh, that's for dehydration. That's not, that's not what the kids do now. They no. do IVs. You oh just my call gosh, somebody. You serious? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am serious. I'm, you can pay somebody. It's not cheap. And full disclaimer, I've never done this, but uh, you can pay someone to just show up and, you know, hook up an IV and 45 minutes later, you're, they say good as gold. But, I've seen uh, that on the Real Housewives of something, so that's why okay. I don't relate to well, it. But. The, the key is not to get into a situation where you need Pedialyte or an IV, right? I <laughs> no mean, doubt uh, about it. I no feel dehydrated about. enough, you know, having the heat on and, and things like that, things we're dealing with in the wintertime. So maybe okay. the Pedialyte just for uh, Welcome back. Kristen. Oh, thank we you. Had some, we had some listeners that were a little concerned that uh, said, hey, what happened to Kristen? You know, what's been going on? I said, hey, don't worry. She had some Happy family stuff share. going on. And you needed to take a little time yep. off, so. We did a few shows with different co-hosts, but well, at least I know a few listeners are going to be happy to, to hear you back on the radio ah, with me. Well, who filled in? She is a dear friend of mine. Love her so much and appreciate that. But yeah, family is first. And I had a couple things come up. And plus, it's the holidays. Just needed to take some time to step back and just reanalyze things. And Mike, I think a lot of people are doing that in their personal life with all that everyone's been through. I don't even want to talk about this past year and, and what has gone on but one thing <laughs> why it's so nice it's 2021 right oh, and hopefully we could you. just hit the reset button and uh, move on <laughs> well the massive sell-off we had in february and march of last year brought an end to the longest bull market in history when the pandemic started impacting us here in the good old us of a according to abc's david muir in late november we hit a major wall street milestone about 125 years in the making The Dow topping 30,000 for the first time in history. The president came before the cameras to celebrate the Dow after repeatedly saying the market would crash if Joe Biden was elected. Wall Street analysts saying the transition now underway helped fuel it. Here's what the president said. That's a sacred number, 30,000. Nobody thought they'd ever see it. And I just want to congratulate all the people within the administration that worked so hard. And most importantly, I want to congratulate the people of our country. Despite this good news, a lot of people listening today, Mike, that are near retirement already there, they're at least age Mm -hmm. 50, they're concerned that Wall Street and Main Street aren't really on the same page. And I'm not quite 50, but I even feel the same way. I mean, is it time to make adjustments to our portfolio? Well, adjustments is going to depend on where you are right now. So we can go through a few things. And it's nice to be correct. Fortunately, you know, when we look at uh, markets and we had people calling us back, you know, on radio and wondering about, hey, listen, what's going to happen with this virus and everything? You know, we we essentially encouraged people to get invested in the market if they weren't already because Mm -hmm. we saw it as an opportunity. And we felt that we were going to see Dow 30,000 before we saw Dow 20,000, you know, at the time. And so I'm thrilled that that worked out. But how we got to that opinion was, you know, we just ran the numbers, we just did the math, and it just didn't make sense at the time that something like a virus, you know, and obviously it's terrible, 
Um, but given everything that was going on and then the government stepping in uh, with stimulus mm -hmm. and then the low interest rate environment that we have and knowing that eventually there'd be a vaccine, you know, we could do the math on that and realize, okay, you know, it's, it's probably long term not going to be a really big deal. And at this point, it hasn't been. But moving forward here in 2021, we really need to take a very, very close look at our portfolio and how it's built. Because just because the market's doing well, that doesn't necessarily translate into your portfolio doing well. There are a lot of people out there that are watching markets doing well, and they, they keep hearing about how great things are going, and they're taking a look at their portfolio. They log going, in well, online and go, whoa, yeah, where am I at in this? Why am what? I not matching? Yes, and there are specific reasons for that. So when they say the Dow's doing extremely well, that means 30 large cap companies are doing very well. When they say the S&P is doing well, well, yeah, there's, you know, it's S&P 500, 500 companies, but it's still weighted towards large cap companies. Mm -hmm. When they say the NASDAQ is doing well, well, we're talking about mostly technology companies. So you have to understand your portfolio and what's likely to do well. And I'll tell you what hasn't been doing well, Kristen, it's bonds. Mm. Bonds haven't been doing well. The rates are super low. And so, you know, I'd say most people, the closer they get to retirement, they're not 100% invested in stocks. It, it doesn't make sense to them at that point. If you're in your mid to late 50s, 60s, even 70s, you know, you're going, hey, I don't want all my money in stocks because that's too aggressive for where I am in life. And I need to make sure I don't lose too much money. The problem is a diversified portfolio or a more traditional diversified portfolio that's maybe more moderate, it might have 50% stocks in it and then 50% bonds in it. And then people are taking a look at their portfolio saying, well, how come, you know, this, this just doesn't look as good as I want it to look? It's well, you know, because the stocks may have done well, those bonds are dragging you down. And so if I take, you know, the information that we have today and I apply it to, I think at least the first six months of 2021, and let this at mm -hmm. least my feeling now looking at the data, I think that we want to do an analysis of a portfolio. We want to find out how much you have in bonds or other fixed investments that uh, may not do well in an environment where stocks are doing very well. Because I do think for the first six months, stocks are likely to do well. We've got vaccines now. We've mm -hmm. got government stimulus. We've got very, very low interest rates. And frankly, we've got a lot of pent up frustration from all the people who haven't been able right. to go out and spend money. And now they're going to have money yes. know, in their pocket to go spend. So all of that looks really, really good. And we want to take advantage of that. But as stocks are going up, realize people are selling fixed investments like bonds to go buy stocks. And that puts downward pressure on that. So mm -hmm. if somebody came to our office next week or the week after, we take a really, really close look at their portfolio. We would want to find or help them find um, equity or stock positions that were likely to do well in this recovery with all the stimulus and low interest rates. Mm -hmm. And then we would want to help them forecast what those fixed positions are because with bonds, because interest rates are so low, because bond yields are so low, they're probably not going to be very attractive. You have to understand what the alternative options are for you on bonds. We can have that conversation. But at the end of the day, we'll be more than happy to sit down with you, do an analysis of your current portfolio, if you're retired or close to it. You'll have the analysis. And I again, I think a good plan for at least the first six months of 2021. I don't want to forecast it beyond that because I'm a little afraid of what all the stimulus means later, right? right? When, when the bill comes due. We, we do have to wait and see on that to a certain extent. We have to wait and see on that. So let's just come up with a really good plan for the next six months, help you with those fixed investments, create some diversification. And again, that's a conversation we can either have at the office or over the phone. We'll do that for you complimentary. Day or night, find out more at guardingyournestegg.com.
You know, small business owners really are the backbone of this great country. And after years of hard work and sacrifice creating a successful business, one of the main concerns that small business owners have is how they're going to retire. You know, the hope is the value and equity of the business they've built is going to be most of their retirement. But Mike, is that their only option? I mean, the amount of money that you have uh, set aside for retirement when you're selling the the business, usually the money is set aside in the business. And so it depends on who we're talking to. Obviously, we talked to a lot of individuals that worked for a corporation that provided a retirement plan, something like a 401k or a 403b plan. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we talk to individuals that are small business owners, and the majority of the equity that they have is in that small business. And it is a conversation we have every week. Um, just had a conversation the other day with a gentleman that had a successful uh, small business. In his case, the small business was uh, business supplies, right? Okay. So, so think of like uh, a smaller version of Staples, Depot. maybe? Yeah, a smaller okay. version of Staples or Office Depot. Gotcha. but. You know, he was very, very successful in his career. He was able to make money with that business, had a lot of equity in it. But a lot of that equity in the business um, was in the actual real estate that he had Mm. and then also the money that he had set aside. So he got to a point where, you know, sold the business, held on to the real estate and then has assets from the sale of the business. Now, you know, he was accustomed to income coming from the businesses that he ran, just like any business. And he had that monthly income coming in. It was easy for him to sort of budget, you know, and know exactly how much he could spend on a monthly basis. Now he's in a situation where he has income from some of the, the real estate, the buildings that he had owned that are now, you know, different businesses, but right. he's got a great income there. And at the same time, our conversation was based on um, the assets that are being managed to provide income moving forward. Now, some of that money is IRA money. Some of that money is is after-tax money and things like, you know, individual accounts, trust accounts, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But he still needs to derive income from those assets. It doesn't make sense just to have him sit there stagnant, not doing anything. Right. And so he's very interested in the idea of active management. He's been pretty involved actively managing it himself. But he wanted us to sit down with him just to show him what we can do and how we do things. So, you know, we're in the process of that. And what it will involve is he's going to share information about his investments with us. We're going to do an analysis. We're going to take information about, you know, what his long-term goals are, what his expenses are. We're going to take into consideration inflation and taxes. And we're going to do a full analysis and retirement plan for him. I personally look forward to, you know, sharing that with him. And, And if it turns out we can provide value, you know, he may decide to work with us. If we're not providing any value, he's not going to. But in essence, that's our process, whether it's a small business owner or an individual who's been working for a corporation, we can get that done for you. Find out what you need to know about Mike to see if he could help you at guardingyournestegg.com. Alan Greenspan, Mike, he's a guy that in your world, he's mm-hmm. been top of mind through many decades. Yes. When he says something regarding money, anyone over the age of, what do you think, 40 goes, oh, what's he saying? Hold on. Let me let me just pay attention a second here. But <laughs> he was the head of the Federal Reserve, the chairman years ago. And he says that getting the virus under control should be the number one priority for the next administration, a move he believes will help save the American economy. And of course, we are on track with that. And he tells CNN that forecasting the financial impact of the pandemic is more than complicated. This is a very complex forecasting procedure and system, largely because the issue of virus is a very rare phenomenon, once in a hundred years. 
Again, he's been around a long time. You can hear yes, that. Uh, Bless his heart. Yep, but he's yep. a smart guy. And an, an economist who was chair of the Federal Reserve through four presidents says that he believes it's difficult to project what's to come. What does that mean for regular people listening to Guarding Your Nest Egg? I mean, should we stay the course? Wait to see how this pans out? Well, one of the things that makes it so difficult to predict what's going to happen is it's the emotion behind the pandemic, right? So it's an emotional thing that some people have, some people don't. I mean, I, you know, I travel for work, so I'll mm-hmm. see situations where people are kind of willy-nilly. You know, they aren't real aggressive with masks, and then you'll see people who are, are, hazmat, suits. Uh, are hazmat suits. I had a know? friend go to the airport the <laughs> yeah. other day, for real, saw someone in a hazmat suit. <laughs> I've, I have seen that, yeah, in the airport. And when I see that, I wonder... You know, maybe they're just incredibly paranoid or maybe they have some sort of pre-existing condition. Could I, mean, be, I, yeah. I can imagine if I had a, a very, very serious pre-existing condition, mm-hmm. I had to go do something. I'd take it a lot more seriously. You know, fortunately, the majority of us um, and the numbers have shown, you know, 99 point something percent of people aren't going to have a big problem with it. Mm-hmm. But it's that one percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to have a, have trouble. And, you know, so that's a real thing. But I think it's hard to forecast because of the emotion behind it and how are people going to react? Now, what I'm seeing more and more of is uh, people that were sort of in the beginning a lot more scared are now just frustrated hmm. and just want to, you know, get back out there and say, hey, listen, you know, health is one thing. But closing my business down and losing revenue for the rest of my life, you know, is another. And at some point, you know, keeping businesses open becomes more important, you know, your livelihood. And I know that people say, and it's true, if you don't have your health, what do you have? But, you know, again, if there's a 99% survival rate and the majority of the people aren't going to have a big problem, you know, how do you forecast that, you know, moving Mm -hmm. forward? So I think we're in a really, really good spot right now because the vaccines are here. And uh, that, I mean, that's critical moving forward. And we're getting more and more companies coming out. The efficacy rate is extremely high. I mean, it's considered um, good with a vaccine if it has a 50 or a 60 or, or, you know, 80 would be great for an efficacy rate. I mean, the flu shot doesn't have the efficacy rate of these um, vaccines for corona. So the news is very, very good. And so what we have to look at here moving forward as far as forecasting what's likely to happen is what's likely to happen over what period of time. And let's just use math and science to figure that out. So we know that we've got the vaccines. We know that we've got government stimulus. We know that interest rates are extremely low. And we know that people want to get out there and put coronavirus or COVID behind us and move on. And all of that is likely very, very good for the economy and probably the stock market, and I'd say for at least the six months. Uh, I would love to say it's the whole year, but I'm a little worried about uh, inflation. I'm a little worried about how we're going to pay for all of this. Mm-hmm. But if you, you look worried, at in- well, every taxpayer listening is worried about it. Everybody's worried about it. So it gave you a little insight to the math, you know. So, so why do we think markets are likely to do well? Well, because of the four reasons I just mentioned, you know, vaccines, stimulus, low interest rates, and uh, frustration. People want to get out there and spend money. But then look at what your investment options are. So you've got equities that have been doing very, very well. We could argue certainly that equities or stocks are overbought. I would agree with that. Uh, I think we could argue that we probably see some sort of a, a correction um, in January. It just means a little bit of a pullback. So mm-hmm. some profit taking, that sort of a thing. Um, but then after that, the numbers are, I, I believe, will continue to look good in the economy. Now, even though the stock market is overbought, the issue with bond yields makes it more probable that in general, 
the markets themselves aren't going to be considered bad investments, even if they're overbought, because mm -hmm. where are you going to put your money? The fact that people aren't going to want to put their money in bonds because they're yielding almost nothing makes them more likely to invest in the stock market, even if it seems too good to be true, even if it seems like it's you know gone up too much too fast. Um, the likelihood of people investing in the stock market because bond yields are so low makes it acceptable mm -hmm. that markets are overbought and that they probably continue to go up. So what I would say for anybody listening is if you know you just want more information about your investments and how they are likely to perform here as we get started in 2021, if you'd like to know how much risk you're taking, if we were to get another crash, which again, I don't think is coming anytime soon, but eventually we'll get one, or if at the end of the day, you're just looking at making that transition into retirement, or you're very close to retirement and you wanna forecast what retirement's gonna look like for you, just give us a call. We can go through everything we've been talking about on the radio, either over the phone or in the office, but we'll do that analysis of your current portfolio to help you get more efficient, and we'll also provide you with a complete financial plan. Click on guardingyournestegg.com. You can set up that complete financial plan. Mike, a while back, I received some news from Sue. Now, Sue is the lady who does my taxes. I love her. Mm -hmm. And it's news that all of us will experience sooner or later from a professional we work with. Now, she's decided to retire, and her right hand at the office is going to be taking over my taxes. Of course, I'm, I'm very happy for Sue. I mean, isn't this the goal? Retire, right. live your best yes. life? <laughs> but I've been working with her close to 10 years now, and I felt so comfortable with her that I had a level of trust that I would just drop things off and say, Sue, make it so. And, and not even wonder what it was going to cost. Absolutely. You know? it just, it she knew my life. Yep. And mm -hmm. right. Anytime there was a change, I just updated her and she was prepared for tax season. Now, mm -hmm. her right hand is Judy, and I'm sure Judy's going to be great. But it made me think about the relationship that people have with their financial advisor. Would you suggest someone seeking a new advisor ask certain questions, what would those questions be? Or should we maybe just ask a few friends and family members who they use and go that route? Or what if our financial advisor retires? I mean, it brings up a lot of questions. Sure. I mean, change is always uncomfortable. Even if you weren't happy with your accountant right now, mm -hmm. but finding a new accountant would still be frustrating to you. You just never really know what you're getting into. So, you know, it, it starts with, I'd say, don't talk to just one other financial advisor. If you're looking for one or if you want to make a change, talk to a few. Find out what their business model is like. Financial advisors can be very, very different. Some of them are more like stockbrokers where they're just transactional. So they want to make trades for you to make money. It's not necessarily advice other than, hey, I think this investment's going to do well. Others, maybe they sell products, things like mutual funds, mm -hmm. uh, things like annuities. There's a lot of product salespeople. Uh, we get a lot of that. Some of the other radio shows on stations are, are more sort of annuities focused or product focused. Or it might be somebody more like us, right? So we're fiduciaries. Uh, we're fee-based advisors. It's our job to provide value. And we believe in active management of portfolios. Mm -hmm. I believe in active management of portfolios because when it comes to my money, that's exactly what I would do. Now, I happen to be a fiduciary and an investment advisor, so I don't go hire other people to manage my money. But if I wasn't an investment advisor or a fiduciary, that's what I would be looking for, right? I would be mm -hmm. wanting to find someone who was legally required to put my needs ahead of their own. It's okay if they make money, it's just they need to provide value. So find out, you know, are they a fiduciary or are they more of a product, you know, salesperson? Um, do they believe in more active management of your portfolio or passive? Active is what we do. We don't believe in hang in there. Um, passive is literally hang in there. So a lot of the advisors or firms out there, they'll say, hey, hang in there, don't worry, eventually things will get better. And then just find somebody who communicates with you well. You know, okay. at, at some point, whoever you hire, it, hopefully you like them. 
you know, well, and you don't mind talking to them. Start with the, <laughs> yeah, start with the technical stuff and then choose the one that you like, you know, the personality you like, you get along with well, you, they communicate with you well. They talk on your level. A lot of advisors will try to talk over your head and sound really, really smart, and that's just not necessary. So bottom line, I would keep it there. If you want to have that conversation with us, just see if we're your cup of tea. We'll do the analysis and complete financial plan for you complimentary. This is Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. Mike Lester is a registered representative of and offers securities through World Equity Group Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Retirement Wealth Advisors. Talent Wealth Management and Retirement Wealth Advisors are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by World Equity Group Incorporated. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Talent Wealth Management, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this radio station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer to only fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issue company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors.